0: What's up, everyone? My name is Eric Rattensperger, and you're listening to Microspy, a podcast that takes a closer look at the lives and work of musicians and creatives I admire. In this episode, I speak to Alexis Marshall, vocalist of the band Daughters. In November 2018, Daughters released their first LP in almost six years. It was followed by 15 months of grueling and unrelenting touring that just wrapped this past December. Their critically acclaimed record, You Can't Get What You Want, has sold over 40,000 copies and has since amassed a devout and loyal following. The band went from playing DIY punk shows in their hometown, Providence, Rhode Island, to playing festivals and shows to thousands of people all over the world. It's incredible to see a band from the underground rise to this level while maintaining full integrity and creative clarity of their work. My band toured with Daughters this past fall and it completely changed our perspective on the meaning of catharsis. Seeing them live gave me such a deeper understanding of the band's artistry, talent, and focus. It was truly inspiring. Alexis and I discuss Life After Tour and the challenge it brings, his relationship with music and performing, the importance of ambiguity in his lyrics, the struggles of his earlier years, and so much more. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Alexis Marshall of Daughters. Let me
1: I don't think I've been quite as a, as aware of like a, a need to adjust until like this past uh, uh maybe like halfway through the year it kind of became like very apparent to me that it was not uh it was taking me like several days or a week or two to sort of feel like feel like a human being <laughs> touring is, is like, especially when you tour for like extended like period of time you kind of like exists inside of a vacuum and it's easy to Exist there and, and feel comfortable, and like like things that that are uh, abnormal, kind of just become part of the daily routine. Coming away from that, which can be a relief, on some level, can also be like like very confusing and um thrown off. It, it it was like coming back, and now I'm like, oh right, I'm 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 a parent. I have to to like get up like every day at six o'clock, and like. Get everybody and make breakfast and, and all that kind of shit. That is like normal person shit, but and, but once you live like in a van or on a bus or, or whatever you're doing, it's just all that shit goes out the window, and it's it's like it's very easy to lose track, and then I come back and, and think like, oh, all right, I'm I'm uh, I'm gonna like talk to this other parent about stuff. and am like waiting lines, and and it's it's just strange.
2: I think. The real difference is the understanding that Daughters has been on tour for basically 15 months. I think that duration can have such a profound effect on the mindset of someone who's away from home for that long. And so I would imagine that there are challenges with, in a way, identity. Would you say that that's true?
1: I'd say that um, it's really... uh I mean, I'm always, you know, because while I'm out, you know, I get, uh, I, I get, I can FaceTime with the kids and all that, and all that kind of stuff, which is very helpful. Uh, but at the same time, it's it's like really crushing. And how long you need their attention? I mean, my kids are five and two. So uh, you can get, sometimes there's like, I don't I feel like talking to you at all, which is awful. <laughs> but I mean, they're kids and they're doing their thing. So it, it's not like such a big deal. It's good to see that they've adjusted and they are understanding of what it is that I'm doing. But for me, it's like a, it, it, it's it, to, to sort of have that they're dismissive kid, can like really upset me. And I know it's not malicious or anything. they are just being, of course, being kids. Shit, I, I don't I didn't think I didn't realize it was going to be quite as difficult as it turned out to be. And, you know, I don't know if there's like a right way to do it at this level anyway. I mean, I, I if we're a big band, we'd be families on the tour buses, you know, and stuff like that. And, and, and like flying people out here and there and all that type of business but you know we just don't we don't operate that way we don't have the money like you know so to uh, you know like, again to like to making adjustments to uh, being away for such a like, like really long stretches and you know it's it's like disorienting in, in like your own in your in your head and in, in your body and your personal life in your relationship and um, relationships and every and everything and And then the daily routine is the the same routine. And then you work for the weekend and then everyone, you know, doing their shit and, um, you know, people are able to communicate. Like I I have, I have difficulties communicating and I have mental illness. I have like a a lot of things. So to also be a creative person who's traveling at the past, like a year and a half, almost like constantly that it's, it's just been like hard to figure out where I am sometimes. And like to just, get my feet planted and, and, and like, just sort of appreciate that just yeah. al- I'm alive. <laughs> and and some, cause sometimes it just doesn't, it doesn't, uh, add up and it doesn't, it doesn't feel like I'm anywhere and, uh, or I'm fucking anybody. I'm just, I'm just like, I'm, I'm here for now. And then I'm somewhere else and then I'm home. And, and, then you know, when we, when, we did the first kind of long tour when you won't get what you want came out. I got home and my oldest who, I guess he was like, you know, he was four at, at the time. He just was not, he, he didn't want to speak to me. He was really upset. And, um, just like told me he didn't like me, just said it mm. outright. And uh, I fucking cried, man. I was like, really fucked me up. And I get, I get it. You know, you know like dad has gotten now, gone for several weeks and, and it's home. And now he used to be like, like for me, I make the just I'm happy to be home. But he's just like, mm. like, what the fuck is this? Is this what you do now? You just like leave me here? Like, I, I, it was, like, it was like, really hard. It <sighs> was really hard. I don't know, man. I don't know, like, <laughs> the right way to do it. When uh <laughs> I would like gladly just fucking sell out and make millions <laughs> of dollars and write some sort of commercial pop bullshit, if I could just like if it meant that my head didn't feel he like was in a blender or something like that, I like, I would, I would just do it because I, I, I want to get out and, and, and travel. And as a person who's like always been very, I've always been very nomadic yeah. as soon as I started traveling and playing music, I didn't feel that way as a kid. You know, I, I moved around a lot between my mother and my father and I've lived so many places and I, I really didn't take well to it as a kid. And when I had to travel, uh, when we first started playing uh, shows and left, I had never left New England as much as much traveling as I had done and moving as I had done. I hadn't left New England until I was a teenager, like uh, you know, seventeen or eighteen or whenever. John, uh, who's you know, I still play with in daughters. Whenever we had started a touring band and began touring, that like I, I had never left. It just became like like I, I'm not fucking going anywhere. And when I moved around, I lived in the same apartment for like almost eight years. Because it's like, I am in control of things now, and I'm not going anywhere. And, um, you know, I, but once I got out, it was just like, well, this is just what I do now. I'm a creature of habits, so I don't want to break my habits. But once I introduced a new habit, um, I'm just like, well, this is just a thing I do now, and I can't. I can, I've, I've made the adjustment, and now I just, I'm just i here, and this is where I function. It's sometimes hard to tell, like, what is, like, I don't know who I am. <laughs> I don't like, what is what is me and what I've adapted and absorbed and, you know, what is, is, is like something I could shake. I don't, I don't even know. I don't know anymore.
2: In terms of this very unique position that you're in where you're kind of always moving in one way or the other, even if you're home for a certain period of time, there's still this thing inside of you that I feel like there's this, Constant. And I, I I wouldn't know exactly what it is for you, but especially having come off this fifteen month run of touring where you have a life on the road, you have your life home with your kids. And I was gonna ask, like amidst the chaos, do you have any tools at all to help you kind of self preserve along the way or or do you find yourself just in constant motion and sort of flying by the seat of your pants?
1: You know, I, uh, you know, I saw a uh, a therapist when I was in like I was a freshman in high school. I was I was getting I got in a lot of trouble at school, and I felt like if I see a therapist, I'll like work some things out. And I had gone through my whole like moving period of of you know growing up, and where I was living here, and living here, and living here, and then my father was here, and then my dad went in prison. I don't know. And I'm over now. I'm going. My mom's coming here, and now I'm like now I've been kicked out of here. I got to live here and now. I'm like you know uh, it was just like this uh, therapist was like, what you, what you need to do is have a count of just things that you're certain of. Whatever certainties you have, just like write it on the calendar. And I thought, because I'm like 14 or I was like, you're a fucking idiot. This is useless information. Like this is just, and now I'm looking at it and thinking, yeah, I, I need <laughs> some <laughs> semblance of like, of the distance in the days where we're like, I'm here for x amount of time, and then I have to do this other thing and um because i've I've now uh, adapted to it so well that when we finished this tour, I got home and thought well i don't have, i don't I don't know what to do I don't know what I'm doing anymore like uh, all my days at home were like you know interviews and emails and here, here's like a thread we have to talk about there with this some we have merch design like you know, what do you guys say so it's like a constant back and forth and of, of a group with like with management and labels and the band and uh you know um like we're gonna go out for these days who would you like to have play and like you know right, so there's just like always something going on and i got home and it was just like well we're all done now we could go write a record this year and i thought all right, I guess I don't know what I'm doing, and so just hanging on my underwear is fucking like shit. I, I don't uh, like I, I. I wanted the relief of having everything done, but but now I have what should be relief, and, and now I have this
2: like this, this like anxiety. This adjustment period actually has been quite challenging for you.
1: Yeah, I haven't made the. I still haven't made the adjustment,
2: and uh,
1: you know I, I've like had. Uh, I don't even I don't know when our last show was the 21st of December, so I don't know what, where we are now in the middle of January I think, and um, yeah, I'm 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 still just <laughs> really unsure, um, you know. I also just I moved, so I am just kind of dealing with a lot of all that shit and adjusting to a new
2: place and and uh, have Have you even had like the the inclination to sit down and put things in paper, put things on paper. I mean, do you, do you, do you journal every day? Do you write on occasion? Like how, how does, what does that look like for you in terms of you being a writer?
1: I cannot sit down and just write uh, when I'm out on tour or when we're out. It's just, I I can't, I feel like I can't serve two masters in a way where I was just, like we played show when I'm at the hotel or I'm like on the bus or whatever the hell it is. And it's like, now do I I sit down and write it's like I just want to like sit down and like look at my fucking phone and and, like try to fall asleep if I can like you know there's so many people and there's so many voices in the and and and, you know I I have trouble focusing on something and feeling like I'm creating anything worth my time so so I don't I don't write well there'll be moments where um I may have some like for like a bit of word, word, like an epiphany of something, I'll see something on the side of the road and I'll write. I, I, I've done a good bit of like spot writing, which did a lot of poems here and there. But I've tried to, um, you know, the last two tours we did, our management set it up that I was supposed to do a daily journal for uh, Cult Nation, and and I I just couldn't. I, I mean, I had a lot of things going on in, in my life, and um, I wasn't able to, to focus on that, and, and it, it's now in hindsight it's unfortunate it would have been a good thing for me to do. But I, I just I, I couldn't even figure out how to find the time to just sit down. And it's crazy because when you're on tour, you feel like like on one hand you have all this free time, but on the other hand you just feel like you're constantly needing to do this other thing. Like you're being brought somewhere where you have to make some call or show up somewhere or be here for sound check and then be here for dinner and then you know be here to play and then you have to warm up and then it's like change over there's like so much shit that even when you feel like you have free time you don't feel like you have any free time and that's been, that was like a, a real struggle for me this past year when I, and I didn't notice it when I was an alcoholic and, and, and using drugs like I didn't we were tore. I didn't it didn't occur to me uh, like time at all I was just like out was having fun you know now it, it, it's 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 been like a
2: whole completely different experience in these past few years even the so-called space that you have in between shows I just feel like your your mind is so full because there's a level of anticipation of performing. And then there's, of course, afterwards when you have to come off of that. And then yeah. all the other stimuli that comes with just being on the road and being around people all of the time. Yeah. And like you said, like like even the moments where you seemingly don't have anything to do, you just need to take that moment to like just fuck off and look at your phone and try to yeah. fall asleep or you know find a corner where there's no one around so you can actually just have some peace and quiet which is yeah. very very well, I mean, rare. Yeah, you
1: know how hard it is. I mean, we shared a bus. So like <laughs> we yeah. spend, like farm experience like being together and it's just like yeah, here we all are still like
2: well, it was nonstop. It,
1: yeah, you know? it was constant. So
2: um yeah, I, I mean, mean <laughs> it's overwhelming. It, it's overwhelming, I mean even for for us, you know, having been out with you guys in Europe for just the month which is just a sliver of the amount of time that you guys were were out hitting it hard i mean we were pouring all all summer in the u.s but you guys like the record came out in november 2018 it seems like you've been going hard nonstop across the entire planet and you kind of mentioned how you guys were on hiatus or you weren't a band for for quite a few years and then to return to something like this, to make a new album and then hit the ground running and, sure. th- and not stop until basically just a few weeks ago, I mean that that extreme would kind of fuck with anyone i think it's 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 cause it's not just physically demanding but it's also incredibly psychologically and emotionally demanding as well and then when you have the the challenges of having a life at home, especially having kids. I just think, yeah, it's yeah, you only have so much bandwidth, right? And, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Damn.
1: And and it's like I don't I don't know what the prop like the perfect personality to do this would be. Like I don't know who would be great at this, and necessarily like I mean at our level, I don't know. I said before if we were making millions of dollars, I'll go out like, well, sure, whatever, I mean, I, like no problem. Um, and even now I feel like I can't tell if there are people who think they can do it and then try it and realize they can, or people who want to be able to do it, but realize it's going to be too much. And then there are people who kind of wish they didn't have to do it, but have no other skills in life. Yeah. And then there are people maybe like myself who accepts that they have no other
2: that, and again, I I was able to see it firsthand for a month straight. I got to watch you guys every night and to really understand what it is that you're doing on a much deeper level by, by seeing it. And um, it's amazing to see a band like Daughters play in front of a thousand people and not just a thousand people, but a thousand people who are fully invested and immersed and have your or are, are they have your attention and, or you have their attention rather. And I just I think, think it, goes, much, it goes both ways. Both are. Well, important. yeah, it, you know, yeah. it's, it's a mutual exchange and yeah. it's an amazing thing to watch at that scale. You know, so going back to the whole thing where you guys are at this point where it's like, okay, what else are you going to do? You know, in your mind, it's like, what else am I going to fucking do? And yeah. you have this thing in front of you and it's sort of like I, it's funny because I think some people would say that it's like you guys like are on top of your game, but I feel like you guys have this perspective where it's like, okay, we did this, but where do we go from here? What's next for the band and what's next for the the people involved?
1: I think that's uh, that's sort of um, I don't want I don't mean to use like stagnation in like a negative mm-hmm. like negative context, but I think like to sort of just kind of find your group and then just settle in there. I think it's like really easy to do. Um, There's a comfort in that. And there's gotta be a comfort in that for bands who are doing that, who are touring on a large scale that it's just like, here's the band we are and here's the thing we do. And now like let all the other variables be the day to day. But, you know, for us creatively, we, we, we couldn't, we couldn't function like that. I think like we were in this tour and like halfway through tour, I was like, shit, we gotta keep playing these fucking songs for like another eight months or something, like and uh, so we were kind of already like talking and thinking about what else we hopefully want to do. So there's 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 never uh, we never settle anywhere. There's there's like never a day where you kind of get up and you're like yeah everything is exactly where it needs to be. And you know with with there being six people in the band now on, on stage and only four core members, one person doesn't tour anymore, so there's a, there's a regular rotation of people who are coming in. You know, we had, um, you know, Sam doesn't tour anymore. Sam, um, you can figure out which personality he was. I was talking about earlier had decided that like, I have a life and I don't want to leave that. And so I, you know, want to be part of the band, but I'm just, I tore not tour on this, on this level. Cause we didn't, we really didn't expect to tour it the way we did that this was just sort of like not necessarily thrust upon us, but it was just suddenly, it was clear that this is what it was going to be. That it was going to be something much larger than we meant it to be. And we, you know, we thought we'd do some festivals, do a week here, go fly over here. Like, why don't we go to Texas, do some shows in Texas or we'll go, you know, like just kind of go around to like kind of old places we knew we did well and kind of have a trip around that and like have one place be like have a place like Austin, which was always a great place for us to be like sort of a centerpiece and then like do a bunch of shows around that. And then, you know, like, all right, we'll do a San Francisco and LA show, so we'll do a show around that and have it be like a place we know and stay with New York or Philly or, or you know, uh, Chicago and, 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 and like, and major cities and, and just do a little bit here and there. And, and it was, it didn't even seem to be a conversation. It was just all of a sudden, it was very clear that that would not, that was no longer an option, that it just wasn't going to be the way it was going to be, it was going to work. And, uh, Sam had to step out. He said, I can't, I can't do this. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do this. And not cause he was, you know, incapable or something. He just like, he just had to commitment to home life, like what he wanted and his wife and their home and his job and trying to have their first baby and like all that stuff, which worked out wonderfully for them. And, uh, so, you know, that's, that's great. And for him to know like what he needs. But, you know the rest of us we, so the three of us are just kind of like so we had our friend chris Chris large from Metz uh played bass right, for right. a bit um we had a friend Lisa who was who is from uh Seattle she's playing some uh, he was Oxford, Gordon and uh some band there uh did some auxiliary, you know with noise and uh samples and was doing all that and uh we had you know Monica came in uh, who who is some various projects that she does and stepped in and then moved over to base. And, and so we had a, several people, I think by the end of the year, it was maybe six people, five or six, five or six people kind of rotated in and out here and there. And um, it can be confusing, even just for us to just be like, or well, even like the three of us know we're here, myself, John, and Nick, we all know we're here. We kind of know, like we know that something's coming, but we don't always know what it is and if it's going to work.
2: Yeah, I mean, that basically answers the next question which i was going to ask how the dynamic has evolved in terms of the live context you know with sam not being a touring member anymore and you kind of going through uh the members surrounding the three of you guys like how how that changes the overall feel and um sort of interaction on stage and just like the overall approach to the music i mean does does that change at all or, or like how how has it affected the overall output of the band's music?
1: It really hasn't had a lot of impact on the writing process, but I'd say that, yeah, there's, it's, it's uh, I mean, you've been playing music for a long time. You understand, like, there's a point where you, you uh, it's hate—I uh, think it's such like a stupid term, but it's a real thing. And it's like when you get, like, tour tight, mm-hmm. you hit that point yeah. where just like, all right, everything is perfect. Everyone knows where they need to be. You would. I think a lot of us were thinking that. Like, oh, this is going to be great. We're going to hit a point pretty early on in the year, and then we're just going to be like the best we've ever been for like nine months. And um, but, you know, that would have been like nine months of, of bliss. But instead, like at the end of <laughs> nine months, like the baby came out with his head on backwards, and we were just like, oh. <laughs> like this because it was just so much rotation, and it wasn't like people weren't carrying their weight we doing a good job. Like we get some really great people come in to play and do like a fucking fantastic job. And it was like a pleasure to have them. But you, it was really difficult to, for some of us to be like, 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 like for me, it was just doing the same thing every night to some extent where like, I, I, I'm probably a bad example because what I'm doing is just like some sort of strange controlled chaos or something. But like for John to, to like, he's just playing the same, same songs every night in the same way like just playing them. But the person who he's playing with, like he's, he's doing the beat with whoever, whoever's on base. And it is like whoever's on base. Like, we don't know who it is. It's one of like multiple people. Mm-hmm. So it can be difficult to, for everyone to kind of like get in the pocket, but you know, you get there, but the problem is you get there. And then, then that person they like, they've got another obligation that they're committed to and they have to go and they're like, well, or, like, like, starting now, where one now steps in. Yeah, so now he steps in. And, and, um, you know, we've had, uh, you know, Gary's been playing with us for, like, Jesus Christ, like 15 years or something. And, um, he's just, like, so reliable. And, like, let him know what the dates are. And he's like, all right, I'll see you then. And just, like, comes out and just nails it and plays ass off.
2: Yeah. I mean, you you guys are so lucky to, to have someone like him in the mix. I mean, yeah. I got to know him over the, uh, the month period that we were doing our thing and i mean again getting back to that whole thing where there's not a lot of time on tour it's like even even to to have sort of your time with each other you know it's like not everyone gets to, to hang out as much as they might have thought they would you know just yeah. because it's so crazy but but yeah either way gary is not only a great person but he's an incredible talent and his guitar playing is just like oh, yeah otherworldly I mean yeah he's he's incredible he he like truly is Like there are a lot of people who would be like oh some of them are really great
1: at whatever it is that they're doing but he is like he's a real deal he's, yeah he's he's no fucking joke man he can like I mean you've seen him He like you don't see him without his guitar he just has, well, no he
2: it could be before in the morning the yeah. it could be four in the morning on the bus and he'll be <laughs> riffing. and yeah. then and then you look at his Instagram the next day and there's like a video of him yeah. <laughs> uh, or, or
1: like whenever there was a day off it would be like he would schedule uh lessons all day you know he's being a guitar teacher he would schedule lessons all day and he would just he you'd see him in or you'd get to the hotel and you're trying to check in and he's like sits down and like oh start teaching a guitar lesson or, or some shit and you're just like you, yeah. can, you can't wait till to get to your room and like, what are you are a maniac so yeah. yeah his like his dedication to it is just like I, I don't even i don't envy it because i find it borderline psychotic but
2: it kind of it, is but it's yeah,
1: also but, enviable. <laughs> yeah it, it's it's like his dedication to it is 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 clear in his point he's is one of the most amazing people I've ever known. I think he's a really truly like reliable honest caring person yeah and, uh, I don't you don't meet a lot of people like that. I wish that I could say that I was that type of person, but um I'm
2: not, <laughs> I'm, not <laughs> I'm like just too I got too much shit and uh well
0: speaking of that,
2: I wanted to switch gears a little bit and actually. Put some focus on on you specifically. I kind of wanted to ask you about when writing actually became a crucial part of your life. Like when when was it when you felt compelled to put pen to paper and to explore that world?
1: I think um I I, I never uh, I, I was I'm an only child, but I'm not know, I'm but like, I'm, I'm one of like seven, oddly. So I have older siblings, I have that are that are ten and eleven years old than my father had with other women. And then uh myself born and then, you know, twelve years later, whatever it was, my mother with a, her husband she's still with, uh I had so I have three younger sisters. But there's no like crossing over with like the the top end and the bottom end. No mm-hmm. one really knows each other well. It's like strange. it's really bizarre how that like, can work, how like uh, I don't know. It's, it's fucking weird. But, um, so I kind of had this like only child thing going. And, um, so I, I, I didn't learn to play an instrument. I didn't have like anybody around, like, you know, alone a lot of my mom worked long hours and did a lot of nights. And, you know, I was kind of like get myself up in the morning to go to school and, and like kind of and came home and like did my homework kind of, and then like kind of had to do my own shit. And, um, And my father was off to drugs and bullshit. Uh, So it was like accessible and easy for me to just like, I I was really into music and I listened to just like whatever I could find. And um, so I was just drawing band logos and making up band names. And, you know, I I didn't have any money, so I couldn't afford to buy a guitar or get an instrument or anything. So it was like, I just wrote lyrics. I would just write lyrics all the time. And I had like a notebook full of lyrics. And I was like, I'm going to start day and blah, blah, blah. And I can never really have it. Happened Cause I didn't, no one shared my interests. No, my, my, and which came because my brother, my older brother, who is like a 10, 10 years old than me was, a uh, like a guy really into skateboarding and punk and hardcore in the, uh, mid, in the mid eighties. And he got me into, you know, punk and hardcore and all that shit. So my, 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 kind of peer group and I was with my mother who like tried to find a, a good school or like a nice neighborhood for us to live in and then when I went to my father's house where it was like upside down world that it was it was just like I didn't have a steady peer group so my interests I couldn't find anyone who shared my interests and I, I didn't play music with anyone until I was like you know um, I had just dropped out of high school but I was you know I would have been in high school at the time and so I would just I just wrote lyrics for a band that didn't exist Eventually, we were writing songs that had a, a duty to to fill the space with words. So I started doing that, but I was getting ahead of it and would write things that would again eventually be used for songs. That and sometimes just, they wouldn't get used, and I would just have like a bunch of shit written, like and and they're they're useless. They're not good. They're um, but it was like a, the beginning of of me like sampling with themes and shit. Like I had written a song that would have been, which ultimately would have been a songs, but but we started writing. In a kind of different way, like, you know, the band began to evolve, but it was very much in the vein of Canada songs, and it was called like it was called like a Canada song, and it was mm. sort of like carried over the thematic thing into the next record. But like I said, we I, I started dabbling more with a kind of literary inspiration to things, and and like a sort of a, 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 a as close as I get to a structured story type of story in, in a lot of songs.
2: Can you call, recall what you were reading at the time?
1: Uh, well, I I just read a lot of horror novels when I was younger, um, <laughs> but then when I got um, around the time, I, I would do very little reading, if any at all. And it wasn't until – because I was homeless and I didn't have anywhere to put my shit, so I didn't own anything. I had notebooks because uh, it's easy enough to carry on a small notebook, and I slept in John's basement mm-hmm. quite a bit, and I, so I didn't really have anything but once I got to Providence and I was dating this older woman who of all things, and like, this is so typical and shitty, but, um, she, she had, uh, she had love as a dog from hell by Charles Bukowski. And, uh, I've read, she was like, well, you should read this. I think you'd really like it. And, uh, I started, uh, like voraciously reading again and, um, got like kind into poetry, um, but was reading a lot of, a lot of just fiction and reading like all the time, which, which I I probably shouldn't reread most of it because I was so drunk. I just like was kind of Mm -hmm. tearing through things, but I was fucking drunk as shit. So uh, I absorbed none of it. But, um, so, so, so I was writing what I thought, like maybe I'm writing poetry. I don't know. Maybe these will be songs eventually. I'm not exactly sure where I'm going with this or what it'll be used for. But, um, I just kind of continuously was writing and, and, and not in a useful way, not in a way where I was like going back and editing. I was just kind of writing and then leaving it and moving on to the next thing because it didn't really occur to me that I had to edit because the band didn't function. Like all I knew was music. So the band didn't function like heavy rewrites and shit. It was kind of like this works and this works and this works. So here's the song. All right. uh, Let, you want to write another song tonight or do you guys want to go home? Like, what do you want to do? So that was, I didn't, I, and I. It wasn't until like just a couple years ago that I sort of embraced the, the rewrite. So, and it's also the reason I won't. That I would love, I would love to write an novel, but I won't do it. I just, I, I can't. I can't dedicate that amount of time to something large, and then realize that like the first time, like Hemingway anyway said, like the first draft of anything is is shit. Mm-hmm. But like, I cannot accept that that I would devote that much time to, it and then have to. Um, what what it. would the fear be in that? Like, what, just all that point, just the loss of time. Like, uh, you know, it's 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 it's. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to like put all that that time and energy into it and then realize I've and especially because once I question what I'm doing, I'm just I'm like, this is trash. Everything I've done is just, this is meaningless, and, and I'm too like back and forth and kind of up and down and like scrambled when it comes to interpreting my own work. So I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to put something so large under a microscope and, and be honest about it. I I would just, I'd end up tearing it apart and I'd never get it done. It's what I, that's my fear. Mm. And, um, probably irrational, but, you know, also, (laughs) you know, also, uh, realistic. But, um, but it wasn't until like the past few years that I started like focusing and writing poetry on its own. It's completely separate from the possibility of it being a song. Like, like when we did Self titled album, I had written uh, The Virgin, which is like Paul, Where's it had a Fire. It, that was a poem. And it's the only time it's ever crossed over like that, where it, it, it was a poem and I kind of just switched it to a song. And, and, and I think that the anaphora of like, like the repetition was, was working for the song. So I, I ended up using it. But, but normally I, w- I never, ever, I never do that. I don't even like physically... Approach to paper the same way or anything. It's like, it's I have to sit down to write poetry if I'm gonna if I'm gonna like focus on writing something and thinking about it. But if I'm writing music, I think because I'm so active when I'm performing that I tend to pace. I'll, I'll get up and I'll like walk around and I'll have like the television on and I'll have like some kind of weird shitty like I'll have like some like the more obnoxious like Coltrane albums playing like that just like. Like Ornette Coleman or something. That's just like mm. senseless so that I can go not so there's just like a, a sort of sensory overload, but there's there's nothing really to to, to grasp uh there to to it like be like overly to, to, to be inspired but not to the point of like uh unintentional theft, you know. So so the approach is completely different. Everything is, is, is different from it, and um that's pleasant for me
2: funny because you kind of beat me to it because I was going to ask you if lyrics and poetry were one and the same and you completely answered that and what I find really amazing is how you you're explaining that there's this level of physicality when you are, are, are constructing lyrics it's almost like you're creating a context for yourself where you can kind of check it against and see whether or not it, it works for you versus sitting down with a pen and paper. It's like when you're, when you're working on lyrics, you're almost, like you said, you're like, you're creating like this sort of chaotic environment with, with being up and about and kind of pacing around and you have these different stimuli going. And that's, a, that's, that's a very interesting creative approach.
1: Yeah. And I think that the, you know, i say the only thing that they share is like, like an ambiguity in the end result make sure that what I'm writing is like open to interpretation but aside mm. from that I, I, I run up, I really do want to make sure that like the two aren't um, you know, like sleeping in the same bed or anything that they're just like right. this is and, you know because and, and <laughs> I would also uh, as my own neuroses like I would not want to comb through a bunch of shit and feel like is this a song is this a poem like what mm, like, mm. does this should this go here and then because that's just like more questions and like just I mean, and you being a uh, you know a, uh, a creative person, you not you know that like you need to have that point where you just have to say like this is done and I have to move forward. And because if I don't, I'm gonna like find something that doesn't fit or something that doesn't work or make a change that doesn't really need to be made. And then by the end of it, you can't even recognize how you got from like A to Z because it's like you, the, the letters are in the wrong order. You are just like mm-hmm. you're like this isn't even where I, Wow. How, how did this happen so uh, I, I i wouldn't want to like comb through it. it it would just like further encourage me to analyze in a way that is this is like it's just a way i don't want to welcome it and i, I don't want to um you know push myself to that extent and not like pushing myself creatively like uh, beyond boundaries but like pushing myself like mentally where i'm gonna break where just like do i really want to continue to, to keep asking more and more questions. It's like, no, this is here. And this is, uh, this will just go over here. and This is over here. And like allow chaos to reign in those places. But if they, if they cross over, if they come in, if they enter the same room, then I'm, I'm fucked.
2: Well, speaking of chaos, um, that leads me to my next question and inquiry about the song guest house. Okay. Um, so guest house for me, Um, having seen you guys for a month straight, Guest House was the song that really moved me just above and beyond and anything else. There was just something about that song and something about the way it was performed and something about the way you engaged audience while singing it. And I wanted to ask you, what's the significance behind that song and you know, is is there anything that you can elaborate on or reveal that you might not have about it already? Um, I try
1: not to elaborate because, uh, again, like I, 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 as I said, when I'm writing, I like, I like the ambiguity to so not tell anybody how they should interpret anything how they should feel. Um, I'm, just, I'm honestly not sure what the song is like in some, in some way, like is this, is the person speaking the antagonist? Are they the protagonist? Like, or or like, like, is this like a, where are they trying to get in? Like, I'm not always sure uh, what it is and it can change for me, which is nice because I have to stand regularly, but there is a more, there's some, there are parts of myself I get to, some that I don't do with others, and uh, I've been affected um, while seeing it, while performing it. I have, like, <laughs> I have, like, cried uh, on the stage. I think you saw that uh, at least once.
2: That's what I was also going, going to ask, would be you know, with what comes with performing, I mean, of course, all of the songs, but this song in particular, well, I guess I can ask, it, I can ask you this regarding the entire duration of the performance but does singing the songs this performing become its own thing in the moment it's almost like you have the lyrics you have the message no matter how ambiguous it is but then there's the actual moment in the exchange between you guys yourself the crowd does it almost take on its own life and its own meaning in the moment of the song being performed, you know, I'm not. Su- I'm not
1: sure. Uh, it's it can be a little more difficult to be so self-contained uh, during it because people uh, know the words and are saying it at me. So it's it's sort of nice because it can it can kind of pull me out of that uh, like a, a kind of a deep hole. Mm. That I can find myself in sometimes, so I I don't I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, you know, I'm like always sure how to talk about.
2: Yeah, like I mean, I, yeah, I, I hate to interject. I guess I'm I'm just sort of thinking about it as a a participant as well. You know, being on the floor, seeing you guys play, and seeing you interact with the audience and. I guess I would say, from an audience member point of view, I would say that it almost does become something else because there's such a demand for attention or there are they're, 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 they're calls for so much attention when you see a band pouring themselves out like that. And when you're at the forefront of it and you're literally connecting with people and these people are... are interacting and responding to you and the sound and the music and your your outreach to them. I, I love how even though these lyrics and these songs are probably incredibly personal and that's why you like to keep them ambiguous, but I like how it suddenly becomes interactive. It allows for people to kind of interpret it in their own way and to to be affected However, they want to be, or however the music, you know, attacks them in, in, in a way where they come away from a show and say, "Fuck," you know. I mean, there's probably several times, and I'm, I'm being just being serious, like where I've watched the show, you you end the show, and I'm just standing there, just like, "Fuck," and that's an amazing thing, and, and I don't expect you to react to that. I just, it's more so just like an outside perspective on how one can receive um these incredibly personal outputs. It's pretty extraordinary. Yeah, I I, I don't uh, you know,
1: um find myself to be an exceptional performer or writer by any stretch. But I am very considerate and caring about again to not to like uh, belabor the whole concept of like but like to be ambiguous and to allow this to mean what it means to me and then and to not tell anybody what it is or how they should feel because not everyone's had the experiences that, I, that I've had and the ability to, for, for a person to interpret everything that they're hearing, um, they can personalize it. And uh, on a, um, not to treat it like a commodity, but like that keeps people around when they feel like that they've connected to something that it, it's like almost like it's about them to some extent and um if i said like here's a song this song's about this thing and clearly you can you you know hear me talking about that and, and how very finite and and um, put on you that this is but when um it's big um in the, in the in the language can be it, it's very like um simple and accessible uh that that people can like, hold on to it and put their arms around it and, and connect with it in a way that they couldn't uh with something else where you don't have to feel like <laughs> I always uh you know, to now uh to uh you know pat you on the back now. Is what I always loved about Jerome's Dream so much is that I always felt like lyrically it was very it was it was very interesting and mm-hmm. ambiguous. And what I disliked about Orchid was that it was so, like, pseudo-intellectual that I felt like I wasn't, I would perceived as not smart enough to connect with it. And I, of course, use these two bands because I think that we, U2, would be the most, like, important uh, bands in that, of that era. But to say, like, how hugely inspirational you, Jerome's Dream was to, to everyone in Daughter's. Um, with, like the bit of an understanding, it was like very surreal then to like have you on tour with us and like spend time with you guys and then like that was like really important for us to be able to do that and I think it's like one, like one of the best parts of this past year that have been like the ability for us to to have these experiences that otherwise like we would never uh, anticipate having them or, or feeling like this is our place now or, or something like that and now it's like well we can ask whoever we want to come like let's Ask dream, like like what the fuck? Why not? Like, and now we're just like hanging out and sleeping in bunks. I get Jeff snoring underneath me. It's fucking and, like, uh, but but you know, but to what I'm saying is it's, it's it's like there's something there that will connect with people and that they attach to and and will not even like not put it in their pocket, but like put it like within themselves and like hold on to that. And you can't, you know, you don't. Connect like that way, like cat scratch fever, or some bullshit, you know, or, or like, okay. or anyone telling you like what you're supposed to like, you know, if you are going to like get out a, a thesaurus or a dictionary to like to figure out like what what it is that you're you're listening to, then and sometimes you're just kind of like this is, it's not uh, emotional and it's, it becomes work and we all know we work is a drag. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. so it's like. What, like, I, what is like really important to me is that like we all, on some level, I think that everyone, I, I, I know that everyone has the ability to empathize. Um, so it's important that we can all connect. You know, just the the um, I don't know, it's probably just saying the same thing over and over again, but like it, it it means a lot to me, the emotional um aspect of what what we as a band are doing, what I'm doing personally, that. That's like the most important thing to me, and um, and everything else is just like it's it's all well and good and and great and and the tones are right or whatever everyone's in tune or some shit like fine that's all great but I don't think I think when people see us play they don't no one says like boy they sure did keep time and everything was in tune I think when people come and say like I fucking like had a real, like, an experience and that I felt, I felt something in this room with these strangers and that um you like, don't forget about that. Like, anyone can tune a guitar but not everyone can, like, stand in, in, in front of people and, like, and, 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 and not, to, like, uh, glorify myself or deify myself in some way, but to, like, to, to kind of be there to say, like, we're all in, we're all here together and this is, this is the time we're alive right now and this is, like, this is all we have and
2: it's, like, dramatically
1: yes. important, all of us like at, at this moment. It's like the moment we're living
2: in. And I think that's what the takeaway is for a lot of people who come to these shows because they have the ability to walk into a room and kind of make it their own in a way. They could choose how they participate and it's you guys and the performance that allows people to go there with you it's like you you kind of open the door for people because i think there's a lot of there's a lot of bands that just don't have that capability they get on stage they play their songs people connect with them in whatever way they connect but i think the way that daughters delivers the music the way you deliver your lyrics and it's beyond the lyrics. And, and that's kind of, I think, to what you're saying about the ambiguity of it. It's like there's a certain message and meaning behind your lyrics, but I think this kind of goes back to what I was trying to say earlier about how when in the moment it almost becomes something else. And I think what I was trying to say was people have an experience right then and there. And it's almost like a reminder, like this, this is where we're at. This is the moment we're in together and we're going to fucking like see it through and then walk away from it until next time. It's just a weird cycle, man. You know, it's like when it comes to touring and the things that we do as musicians and artists and the people who come to to, to participate as well as showgoers and, um, you know, people who love music, it's just a weird, it's just a weird thing. The whole, the whole process of it all.
1: Yeah, I think these. I would expect that after like 20 some years of doing it, I would have just, but I still haven't, it still all seems so odd to me that that anyone's a coming to see me this or any of us or like, wow, <laughs> like, like I'm happy, happy to, like, so grateful and happy to have people here for it, but it, just, it also just, it just doesn't make any sense to me.
2: What makes you nervous? Oh. It makes me nervous.
1: Uh lately everything is making me nervous. I'm um I've been working I've been writing this record by myself and mm-hmm. uh then I'm recording next month and I am like dreadfully nervous. Um, I shouldn't be, I suppose, after all this time, but but um it's gotta be like this character flaw or something that like when I wrote when I put when I wrote that book published a few years ago it, it was um there was like no, there's no safety net It was like alone you know if you make like your band, you make a kind of a bad record mm-hmm. you're all sort of in it together but um when you're when you're doing something completely kind of, kind of you know alone you're very isolated and the responsibility is entirely yours and um it's terrifying it's like scary shit. it's really scary um so, um, but you know, I did a book, did one book, and then I feel like, oh, well, all right, that that's out of the way, now I can just do the next one, and, and I'm excited to do the next thing. But so right now, like the idea of making music and like working with people is really scary. It's, it's it's terrifying, and not necessarily judgment. It's just that the kind like the weight of like I am responsible for this. This much. it's it's like when you first drive a car with, like, multiple people inside. Like, when I first drove with the kids in the car, I was just like, I am fucking responsible for life, like, human life right now. This is scary. And, like, yeah. so when you have that sort of, you're working on something, you're like, oh, well, I am entirely responsible for this, and this is, like, not my favorite feeling.
2: What makes you angry? Uh, dog shit on the sidewalk. <laughs> really punish me.
1: That's like the lame answer, but I got to give a fluffy answer after so much like <laughs> so <we get laughs> self-reflection and anxiety.
2: Yeah, but you know that's a very valid answer. That probably I you mad as well. I mean, what's worse is if you step in it. You know, Jesus.
1: The, the, I, I was uh, so I was, I was driving. I stopped at a rest stop the other day, and whoever had their dog there that morning had like rained kind of, and, and I was driving out early, and um, someone had someone's dog had shit or like shat in the lot but it had like it had been smeared like through oh the God. lot like up to the front door and i just thought who how did this happen like was this the biggest pile of dog shit that the rain washed like it was washing but it was it was just like it was crazy is this multiple dogs i couldn't figure it out and i and and could smell as soon as i got out of the car i thought like just like fuck
2: fuck you and your pets everybody it's awful i mean those are the moments where i just fucking hate human beings <laughs> <laughs> and you realize just how awful people but can be.
1: But it's so, like, non-consequential, you at, at know, end of the day. <laughs> but it, it's just a thing where you're just, you, it's just a thing where you go, come on. Like, really? Exactly. It's like, like, are you fuck. fucking kidding me? Like, yeah. oh, come on. It's just nice to allow yourself to get angry over something like that, and then just, because it's easier, like, bounce back from it.
2: Right. It's um, almost more yeah. like a funny, angry, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. What makes you happy? Um, you know,
1: just... Uh, being able to to play to go and play music makes me really happy. Um you know, as much as, as it's it's like difficult in work and has like done like crazy things in my life this past year and a half. And like I miss my children and the people I care about, um and I don't sleep for the so damn but it's like it's a constant spinning pool. You're know, like trying to keep your head above the water, and um, but it, it's like it feels really good to just be able to go and do that, and, and for people to come see it. It makes like just there's an hour. There were like all the shit that was bad. Is like it's okay. It's okay. You know. I did this. I did this last tour. I, I hurt my neck. I got a bulging disc. I'm like it's, it's almost healed. Yeah, it feels alright, it hasn't been bothering me too much lately the uh, past couple of days, but um, I don't know when it happened, I think we were in, we were maybe like four, four, four days in that, t- that last tour we did, and um, my neck just was like really bothering my shoulder It was bothering me, it was just like and then it just, it was just one day, I think the the day after we played San Francisco, it was bugging me a little bit and then we played LA and it was like, really starting to bother me and then the next morning I woke up and was just in so much pain and I had, you know, so I got an x rays, I saw a specialist. I got, so I got an MRI. I got, like it was just like I was flying ahead. Like I had a day off. I flew out of Albuquerque into into Austin for the day off, so I could like go see a specialist and an MRI. And um, it, it it was just uh, it was really painful. And it was it was it was, and and I started thinking like, God, am I just like being a real baby about this? Am I just like, am, am I just complaining? But. Other people were, were just like, no, this is like really uncomfortable and painful and you're okay to just complain all you want. Like, thank you, because all I want to do is complain about it. Yeah. And um, so that, that, that was like, that was really um, tough. But you go out there for an hour, and then it kind of adrenaline kicks in, and you just think like, you know what, I'm happy to fucking do this. I'm glad that I'm here. I have to be a little careful right now for this hour, but... I, like I wouldn't really trade this, like you know, if I could like get rid of pain by sitting at home, I don't I don't feel like I don't feel good with that trade off.
2: Kind of what what happened with us in Europe when you uh basically misaligned your kneecap at one point right. and, and you managed to successfully finish the show by duct taping it back into place mm-hmm. which was crazy as fuck, but yeah. Uh-huh. We're uh I guess we're getting a little older and we're a little bit more susceptible <laughs> to those types of things
1: yeah i think the you know the lesson here i took away of this past year and uh i'll be i'll be forty
2: is too uh i'm too old to not stretch anymore, yes. like stretching mine. yeah i think stretching has to be <laughs> uh, a mandatory part of the process
1: yeah it should be like a whole it should be like a we we need to like we are out the dressing room maybe like an hour before that <laughs> yeah. and everyone can like do fucking yoga or some bullshit or like
2: whatever it is but like you know um, the fucked up thing is is that it's probably gonna have to be uh, deployed this, this coming year if if, uh, oh, yeah. if you end up touring as much as you
1: did last year so I, I don't I'd hopefully that's not a thing that we're gonna do like to that extent mm-hmm. but that was just way too much I don't know if, did I know a person or someone who had like booked Lou Reed or something had said that they used to have to get if you get two hotel rooms and they would have to clear the furniture out of one of the hotel rooms so he could do yoga. <laughs> this whole thing, and it could be like a like a bullshit thing about it. Like I, I can't remember who told me the story, where I heard this, but I've I imagined, you know, Lou Reed with his like adjoining hotel rooms so have to like go into the empty hotel room to do his <laughs> yoga thing, right. um, which. Uh,
2: well, Which seems you know,
1: ridiculous but kind of believable. I don't. I, don't know.
2: I mean, hey, that 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 could be what's in store for next year for for daughters. You just never know.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, we're
2: fucking like we.
1: I wish we had the money to clear out a hotel room, <laughs> and fucking lie on the floor. But <laughs> maybe someday. Who
2: in your life has had the greatest impact on you? I think there are
1: multiple ways to answer that i mean I, there are you know my father had a huge impact on my life but it's all f- for the wrong reasons and uh, the worst possible aspects of myself and my personality um you know my brother got me into punk rock in, like 86 or whatever and now i'm so that's still a huge part of my life but like no, when I, I like had a my first son was born and he's probably like it's, 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 like, it's always, I'm always affected by, like, just his existence. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I, don't know if I'd pick a single person or who, who, who it could be. Um, I think that there are so many people we encounter in our lives, especially early on, that are going to, like, do something seemingly, uh passive or insignificant. You know, like alters us in some huge way but that stays with us. But um yeah having a having my child was like um a huge change in my life and I don't know. He's uh he's he's great.
2: I like this. I can't thank you enough for being a part of this. And uh, this is episode number two of micro spy. Again, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to talk to me. It's pretty amazing. You know, we, we toured together for a month and it took a goddamn podcast to actually have an hour long <laughs> conversation with you, right. but I'm, I'm grateful. And uh, I can't wait to see what's next for you. can't wait to see what's next for daughters. And uh, I'll be seeing you very soon. Yeah. Thanks, Eric. I'll, uh, See you, Rupert.